0: Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Hot Takes. Happy early Thanksgiving, everybody. We've got a lot of things to dive into. A lot of great matchups happening on Thanksgiving as well, and not just on Thanksgiving this evening. There's some great college basketball coming for you. We've got Arizona State and Baylor starting up right as we finish at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Cody Blazak alongside of me. I'm David Smith. How does it feel? This is the best this is one of the best weeks in sports all year long.
1: There's a lot going on and it's a lot to take in. It's almost one of those
0: times where you don't have enough TVs. There's never enough TVs. Ever. I don't think and you can put anything up there.
1: It's going to be a good week. Happy Thanksgiving obviously as he said a little early. It's uh yeah, I know it's Wednesday but it's already getting crazy here in Storkville. As the Egg Bowl approaches tomorrow, we're like 24 and a half hours away. So it's uh, going to be a good weekend. We also have Mississippi State basketball team playing tomorrow against Louisville and just a lot of other
0: sports all around all kinds of leagues. Absolutely. That Monday night football game, we'll recap that to start things off. The Buccaneers didn't even need to really try. They breezed past... The New York Giants, 30-10 to 10 there. An impressive performance from the Buccaneers. A huge bounce-back game for them after they dropped the Washington football team last week. What did you take away from this game?
1: Tom Brady didn't skip a beat after having a rough game against Washington. Uh, we saw what we expect from Tom Brady, and when we see what we expect from Tom Brady, they execute and they
0: win, and they win in dominating fashion. Absolutely. No doubt about it. A couple of crazy college basketball games last night as well. Starting off with yesterday afternoon. Actually, you know what? Let's go all the way back to Monday. We saw Cincinnati really dominate Illinois in that game, as well as Ohio State had a late three-pointer to win the game. Michi Johnson Jr. made that three, but 2.3 seconds left to give Ohio State the win. Really a much-needed win after they dropped out of the AP Top 25 there for Ohio State as well as Cincinnati dominating Illinois. Illinois has not looked good to open the season in college basketball at all, and we really expected a lot better from from them. But both of those games right there Monday evening were crazy.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen we haven't seen what we thought from Illinois, but also we've only seen Kofi Coburn in two games this season, so he hasn't had the time to get back to himself is what I would call it. I mean, he's averaging 20 points a game, which great, but he's only played two games. Uh, I'm just not sure this – I don't know if this Illinois team is going to be themselves after losing Desumu to the NBA. So it will be interesting to watch them. Obviously, haven't looked incredible. As far as Ohio State, they needed that win against Seton Hall, just – They've got players. I mean, EJ Liddell was absolutely, incredibly fun to watch. So I mean, this Ohio State, I think they have what it takes to get have a deep run later on in the year. It's just if they can get those pieces together.
0: Yeah, like you said right there, Kofi Coburn Illinois was out was not playing for the Illini there in those first three games that included that loss to Marquette. He really bounced back last night with a astound, astounding performance in their win over Kansas State and Ohio State right there. Look to keep rolling along. They'll play later on this evening, tipping off at 7 30 against Florida. That'll excuse me. That'll be a game to watch tonight. And there's so much going on in college basketball. Of course last night, number one versus number two did not live up to the hype. It was a blowout, an easy game For Gonzaga, they jumped out early and never turned back. Yeah, it was one. So, watching that game, it told me one thing
1: about uh, this Gonzaga team. And yeah, they might have some really good players and everything, but I don't necessarily know it's that Gonzaga is just that stacked. And I mean, they are, but they go on such crazy hot streaks where they just build leads and they can't come back because it's. I don't know if there's a lot that separates from Gonzaga like on paper with players and everything. But it's their pure fact that they went on like a 14-2 run where they were hitting every single shot they took, and it might have ended up being a stretch that was longer than that. And for granted, they were playing some incredible defense. UCLA could not make a shot. The couple games of UCLA I've watched this year, I know the big two names for UCLA are Johnny Juzang and Jaime Hawkins. When you think UCLA right now, that's who I think of at least. I'm seeing a lot of Tiger Campbell, their point guard, just try and do too much. He, he's not letting the game come to him. He's trying to force things. And I think that that's hurting them. And uh, Tiger Campbell came off very clutch in that Villanova game. I'm pretty sure he made the shot that took it to overtime. But I feel like UCLA is just trying to force so many things early on in the season where, specifically in this game, Gonzaga just is letting the game come to them. They're doing them. They're not trying to do anything fancy. They don't need to. You have a seven-foot center. You have an experienced Drew Timmy that just, in all-dominating fashion, can do whatever he needs to do to get in the paint and score he rebounds off that I mean just this Gonzaga team is very just put together well and knows how to play the game instead of trying to force things
0: yeah I mean this game was was a was a showing from Gonzaga and like you said right there there was a a a lot to look into there of course Chet Holmgren looked fantastic there, the freshman center there. He missed two shots total in the game, both of them from three. Shot 50% from three as well, four blocks for Gonzaga. And really a player we've seen come into his own this year. Rasir Bolton has looked fantastic so far this season. He's really been their best shooter from beyond the arc, and he has looked incredible. Obviously last night the best performance we saw was Andrew Nemhard put on a show. The transfer from Florida transferred in before last season began, and he has really played a huge role for them this season. Of course, Drew Timmy has been that guy as well, putting up 18-8 and eight last night along with two assists and two blocks. And this Gonzaga team, we, we know how loaded they are with talent. They were able to take down the number two team. They were up by 20 and a half, one by 20. It's a sign of things to come for Gonzaga. And obviously, we'll touch on this game a little bit more Friday, but we've got a lot of football to touch on Friday. Gonzaga, Plays Duke Friday night and that will be an incredible game to watch in its own right.
1: Uh, this this Gonzag this is so last year's Gonzaga team was great, yeah. But this year I just they're more experienced. I know that Chet Holgren is a freshman and everything, so he doesn't have the experience some other players do, but just like the experience from Nemhard and Timmy I feel just is such a huge thing them having that experience and you usually don't see teams that aren't like just for example Duke UNC or Kentucky that have all of these just top players in the NCAA and uh, they've been able to get these players and they play phenomenal so I mean it's it's going to be scary later on
0: down the road yeah, absolutely this Gonzaga pace of play is, is is hard to keep up with as well for any team out there, like you said, when they get on these runs, they get out and run. Now, if you're
1: if you're shooting, they shot fifty six percent from the field last night. If you shoot fifty six percent from the field, I, I have a hard time believing that you're not going to win. That that's
0: incredible. That's the that's the same number I believe we saw Baylor shoot in the NCAA championship game against Gonzaga last season.
1: Believe it or not, Mississippi State shooting fifty four percent from the field this season. I'm pretty sure. For granted, they haven't played teams like Gonzaga, Gonzaga has, but just something for Mississippi State fans to keep their eyes up for.
0: No doubt about it, and there will be a Mississippi State basketball game tomorrow night. They'll open up the Bahamas Classic against Louisville, and, of course, that will come probably starting about the third quarter of the Egg Bowl. And let's talk about that game tomorrow night. Obviously, it's you know big for the college football landscape as a whole, We saw Mississippi State drop out of the rankings this week after really playing very well against Tennessee State. Kind of came to surprise by me. Ole Miss moved up to the number 9 spot. Mississippi State's still a two-point favorite right now. What do you see from this game? Oh, I think it's...
1: You know, Tanner and I have talked about Mississippi State being ranked and everything. And yeah, it's great to have that recognition, but it's almost like it's more to play for now that they're like... You just won a game, but no, we're going to substitute Clemson for you and kick you out of the rankings. So I think it's motivation for this team. I think it's very, very just – I think it's better for this Mississippi State Bulldog team to go from number 25, winning the weekend, and then just coming out of it. I think it's a lot of motivation, and I think it gives them a very good chance to win the Egg Bowl – tomorrow. It's crazy that they're playing the number nine team in the nation unranked and are favored to win that game. I think that is absolutely insane. Believe it or not, though, there have been rumors, and there's going to be a lot of things that have to happen for this to happen. Mississippi State is essentially playing if things work out in their favor. It's a long shot before Sugar Bowl. Uh, which there have been very, very small rumors about it, but there are a lot of things that could happen because, I mean, Mississippi State will be on a, what, three-game winning streak to end the season if they beat Ole Miss? Yeah, they'll be on a three-game winning streak with a, a top 25 win over Auburn, a top 10 win over Ole Miss, and I think uh, I think the Bulldogs are going to come into the weekend and get it done 38-35 with
0: a Nolan McCord field goal to win it. That's that's a bold take. We've seen how um, that is a hot take. Let me go ahead and throw that out there. But no doubt about it, so Without our without our button today. Obviously, the university has shut down for Thanksgiving break. We don't have that with us here. But this would be an incredible win to cap off a really a great season for Mississippi State. Obviously, three of those losses coming by a combined eight points. They could be a lot higher. This could be a top-ten matchup, potentially, if those – Three games decided by eight points total had gone the other way, but that's just how you know that's how sports as a whole works out for them. Looking at this game, obviously, I I wrote an article for the Reflector, which is a student newspaper here at Mississippi State University. I listed my score prediction as being thirty-five to thirty-one Mississippi State, and that will be either way. I think both of us are in agreement. This will be a fantastic game to watch, and we both have the Bulldogs coming out on top there, and. There's a there's a game to watch Friday afternoon before we'll be able to come on here on WMSV Cincinnati. We'll know the outcome of that game by then. Cincinnati playing East Carolina. That'll be a fun one to watch.
1: Yeah, this is Cincinnati is finally in the playoffs if it were to end today. They've got a lot to prove cuz I I mean, I just I, you know I haven't been high on this team at all this year.
0: The first group I of just, five
1: team to be ranked in the top four ever. I'm fine with them being number four on the pure fact. Who else do you put there? I mean, there's a lot of ways. If you were to put Michigan at number five, Cincinnati's getting in next week because Michigan and Ohio State, I don't know which one, is losing this week. And Cincinnati gets in. So, I mean, I think it was just time when Cincinnati got in, I just I think it depended on how things went, and it's going to work out that way just because of the way the schedules are. So, I mean, Cincinnati's got a lot to prove now. The one thing that I would worry about just looking in as an outsider is, is this going to get to their head? We're in. We're going to go to the playoffs. Is it going to get to their head? I don't think it will. I don't think it will either, but, I mean, teams have done this in the past. I mean, you look at Oregon. Or Michigan State, and then you get blown out. For granted, they did play, like, legit teams. So, uh, it's one of those things that I would worry about just looking in as an outsider.
0: Absolutely, and we should be, we can expect to see an Oregon-Utah rematch next weekend in a, in a in the conference championship game, barring anything crazy happening this weekend. But a couple of other things to look at here in the top 25 rankings this week. Utah only moved up four spots after that win over Oregon there. Oregon dropped eight spots down to number 11. But probably the biggest thing that happened this weekend in the rankings with the outside of Cincinnati being the first group of five to move up in the top four, that is Ohio State moving up to the number two spot over Alabama. And obviously that performance they had over Michigan State was crazy and it was (coughs) enough to Drop Michigan State outside the top 10 to number 12. And Ohio State itself in a blowout victory. Move up to number two. And that brings quite a few things into question for me here. Is that if Ohio State loses to Michigan this week, are they out of it as a two-loss team? And Alabama dropping to number three, if are they out of like They're the team to look at where when it comes down to two losses, they would be the one that everyone's got their eyes on as being that two-loss team to get in. But now number three, if they're still number three, if I was State takes care of business this weekend, heading into the SEC Championship game, I think a second loss, if they're number three, would eliminate them.
1: Would eliminate Alabama? Alabama. I think it really depends on the loss. I, I think just the way, the way it makes sense to me, if Alabama loses the Iron Bowl and goes in and... Uh, I don't think this will happen. I think Bama will be win the SEC championship. I don't think it'll be a lot, but if somehow they went in and won that game 35 to 10 or something, for example, I think that's how a two loss Alabama team gets in because I mean we've seen how dominant this Georgia team is. And if you can beat that Georgia team by 25 points in the SEC championship, I think that's cause enough to get in. and it might be by the skin of their teeth. But I think that's the way a two-loss Alabama gets in. But it's very possible that Ohio State loses this weekend and Bama jumps right back up to number two.
0: Absolutely, that'll be one to watch itself in that Ohio State Michigan game, and we'll touch on that more on Friday. No surprise there. Georgia still sits at number one, but there's a lot to happen in this in this college football landscape this weekend, and we'll dive into more of that Friday. But we've got three fantastic NFL games coming up on. Thanksgiving Day, starting off, kicking off at 11.30 a.m. Central Time, the Bears on the road in Detroit. Andy Dalton will be the starting quarterback for them this weekend, David Montgomery at running back for them. We've seen quite a few quarterback-running back combinations for the Chicago Bears this season. Here's another one, Andy Dalton and David Montgomery. They're a three-point favorite over the Detroit Lions, and this feels like a game That could go the Lions' way. I think the Lions could walk out of this game with their first win of the season. I don't think they win, but when you look at their schedule, this is their best opportunity. This is probably their best opportunity for the rest of the year to do so. Just on paper, looking at the two teams playing, this looks like the best shot for Detroit to walk out victorious. Yeah, it's. I mean, listen,
1: the Lions have had a tough season. They've had a bunch of games that were very manageable. They're just unlucky. If they're gonna get if they're not gonna have I know they've got a tie, but if they're gonna have a season that isn't in the books as a defeated season, I think this is their best opportunity. Sadly, I still think the Bears are gonna walk out on
0: top. Yeah, this could be they could go O and sixteen once again in a seventeen game season. Obviously that oh sixteen and one season will be different, but I think they win a game at some point this season. This team's just too good to not win, at all, in my opinion. Can it come against three seven Bears? I agree with you. I don't think it will, though. I, this is one of those teams where they really aren't a bad team.
1: They've got players. Their coaching and their management is just god awful. I mean, they just—they're terrible. Why do you think Matt Stafford left? You, you forced Calvin Johnson to retire. I mean, I, that Lions front office needs to get this together.
0: They've got a lot to figure out for sure, and we'll see if they can do so on Thanksgiving Day in Detroit. The other two games on the slate. Second, the afternoon game here. Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Cowboys sitting in just over a touchdown favorite of 7.5. It's a sneaky good game. It is a sneaky good game, but I think Dallas takes care of business here. I think Dak has a bounce-back week after we saw him not play the best against the Chiefs last weekend and where they took that loss there.
1: Yeah, I think this should – it just makes – it's hard not to pick Dallas. I mean, they've been
0: incredible this year. I mean – Vegas last week, I mean, they got their doors blown off by Cincinnati. I don't want to – the scoreboard shows that they got their doors blown off, but we talked about it Monday, the – Cincinnati did not really pull away until late in the fourth quarter and score a couple of garbage-time touchdowns for them. But, I mean, this Vegas team is not bad either. Like you said, a sneaky good game. And that will be one to watch for sure because this – this I think this, this has the makings to be the best game of these three on Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, I, I think it does, and I think – I think it could go either way. I really do. I mean, I think the, I think the Raiders are better than a five and five team. I, I think it's. I think they could blow Dallas out. I think Dallas could blow the Raiders out, and I think it would be a close game. I mean, I think you can look at this game in any direction.
0: Now, this is obviously a huge game for the Raiders in their playoff contention because I mean, right now they're on the outside looking in as far as things go for them, and that will be. It's one to watch down the stretch for the Raiders because they need to string some wins together. When you're looking at the the Raiders' upcoming schedule, they've got the Cowboys this week, the football team next week, currently sitting at a slight favorite in that game. And the rest of their season, they've got the Chiefs, the Browns, the Broncos, the Colts, and the Chargers. So none of these games are easy down the stretch, without a doubt.
1: No, they're not. They They do have a challenging... Schedule and I think that'll be the fun part about it. I think this is where we'll really see how good of a team they are. I mean, that's a tough end of the season where just about every game is a toss-up.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it, it will be a fun one to watch for them. Looking at the nightcap on Thanksgiving, excuse me, the Bills on the road to New Orleans for the Saints. The Bills haven't looked the best the past couple of weeks. It's almost hard to pick the Bills this week. It really week. is. Just,
1: and it should be a clear shot who to pick them, but it it just isn't.
0: It's not. I mean, the Buffaloes sits at a six point road favorite right now, but I like New Orleans to come out on top here. I think they've got a chance to really keep themselves in wild card contention here. The Saints do not need to drop to 5 and 6. I think that would make their road to playoffs a lot more difficult if they do so. However,. If you're going to play this Bills team at any time, now is the time to play them without a doubt. So I would love to see the Saints team come out on top. I'm going to pick them to do so. It will be a hard-fought game regardless.
1: Yeah, I, I get where people would want to take the Saints, but I think I think Buffalo is going to have a comeback game, and hopefully they can get it done. I mean, it almost... The Bills have had that season where it almost feels like it's kind of similar to Kansas City without the firepower, but it's just they've been up and down and they have to—they need that one blowout game where Josh Allen's got 400 yards and a pair of touchdowns on the ground and in the air and they can
0: just get back to themselves. Yeah, this is a big-time game where they, they need to do that this weekend because you look at the rest of the Bills' schedule – you know, they've got the Patriots next week on a Monday night game in Buffalo. Then they're on the road at Tampa Bay, back home for Buffalo, on the road at New England, and back home for their final two games of the year against Atlanta and the New York Jets there. So they they don't have an easy rest of the schedule as well. After this past weekend, they lost the AFC East lead to New England, and that will, I mean, this New England team looks fantastic in their own right. We'll dive in more more into their game coming up on Sunday but I mean my my Patriots look really good it's hard it's hard not to look at them to take this AFC East away especially if Buffalo drops this game to New Orleans but this will be one to watch on Thanksgiving three fantastic Thanksgiving games and a weekend full of football for us to dive in to coming up this weekend but looking at a couple of NBA games coming up tonight right as we finish up recording here the Brooklyn Nets on the road at my Boston Celtics as well the Celtics started to turn things around, finally got Jalen Brown back on the court. Brooklyn is still Brooklyn, obviously still without Kyrie Irving. What do you expect to see from this Nets-Celtics matchup tonight?
1: Uh, I expect to see KD being KD. He's averaging like 28 points a game. Um, But I think the Celtics will pull this one out. They're at home. I mean, surprisingly enough, the Celtics, not surprisingly enough, because we know how good the Celtics team is. I mean, they're young, but they're still a good team. Brooklyn's over only favored by a point. So I've got um
0: I got I got a little Boston going in and getting their work done. Absolutely. Tatum really started off the season slow for them. He's had four straight 30-point games. they coming back into his own right, and the Celtics have looked very very good right now. The other nationally televised game tonight is the 76ers on the road at the Golden State Warriors who currently sit with the best record in the NBA, and they look good. This Warriors team is
1: stupid scary. You're 15-2 and two without Klay Thompson and James Wiseman. That is terrifying to me. Absolutely terrifying, because who's to say they're not 17-0 and 0 with them? And I, I don't think we ever put this on the air, but you and I had talked about it, and I was like, just out of, Giggling and everything, just because of how hot they looked. How early? What if they broke their own regular season record? If they can keep it at two losses until Clay Thompson and James Wiseman get back, I, who says they don't
0: break that record? They've got a chance to. I, you know about it?
1: I know it's still early in the season, and obviously there's a ton of games to be played. But when you're fifteen and two without two essential players. It's hard not to look and be like, well, what if Andre Iguodala is out at the moment as well? So, and I know Iguodala isn't the player he used to be, but he's still he's a veteran. So it's going to be. I'm excited to see how this team works when those players get back.
0: Yeah, and I'm 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 not going to pick them to break their own record. I don't think you would as well. But it's not hard. at this point in time. No, absolutely not. Not this if, early if, in the season.
1: If I knew they were going to be like this when the season started, if I was like, if someone told me they were going to go seventeen and zero and all the players were healthy, yeah, I'd say they're going to break their record. But I don't know when those players are getting back.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not sure certain when Wiseman will be back. The target date for Clay to come back is right before Christmas. There, I believe it's December nineteenth or twentieth for the Golden State Warriors. There, but when you look at what this Warriors team is doing. Right now, it's insane. And on the other side of things... James Wiseman is supposed to be coming back
1: tonight. So, there you have that. From what I'm reading, from what I'm gathering, I believe he's supposed to be making his debut, or his season debut tonight.
0: No, he is out tonight. He is out tonight.
1: I'm reading something wrong, then.
0: Yeah, not certain when... He still has not been cleared for five-on-five contact work there. There's no official target date for him to be back. But like we said, the clay target date to be back is right before Christmas there for them. Um, But when you look at what they're doing right there for Golden State, you've got this Phoenix team right behind them. Phoenix has won 13 in a row, and they're still not in first place in the West. That is how good this Golden State team has been tonight. And there's quite a few other really good NBA games those are the two that will be nationally televised on ESPN for them and there's quite a few really good college basketball games coming up tonight and tomorrow we'll touch on a game tomorrow here we've got about a minute left Alabama playing Iona in the ESPN events Invitational Alabama and Iona have both looked really good really good this this season both coached by two of the best coaches in college basketball in Nate Oates and Rick Patino, which is a name that we've seen bounce around all over college basketball. He's at Iona right now. He's got them 5-0. and This is a really, really sneaky good game because on paper it looks like, oh, Alabama should take them out. But with the way we've seen things happen in college basketball this season, Iona definitely has a chance to take down the Crimson Tide. Absol- I'm not, not going to pick them two, but I think they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Bama's got it, but it could be one of those games
0: that you're like, wow. Yeah, no doubt about it. There's quite a few fantastic Thanksgiving games coming up for you here. Obviously, a lot of these college basketball teams are in some early season tournaments, so there's a ton of action to look at here. But we are out of time here on Hot Takes, and you know we've got a ton of stuff coming up for you this week. We'll be back with you Friday at 6 p.m. for Cody Blazak. I'm David Smith signing off for Hot Takes.